And this morning, you know, as Akosia was leading us into the throne room, our worship was different. Your worship different? It was. So we have now ushered ourselves into a season of the divine. And it's my prayer that we will all see this, we will all recognize this, and we can run with it in the name of Jesus. So as our spirits are lifted, we'll continue a little bit because I'm still, you know, riled up from the, the worship. Prepare our hearts even for the word of God. Amen. Casting crowns, lifting hands, and bowing hearts, it's all we've come to do. Casting crowns, lifting hands, with bowing hearts, it's all we've got to do. Why we lift our hands 
why we lift our voice and why we sing to you and you are the reason we are alive today oh we are here to say that it's all because of you As we have gathered here in your presence, Spirit Divine, have your way. The entrance of your word, O oh God, brings light and it brings wisdom to the simple. We pray in the name of Jesus that illumination will be brought unto your word. Enlightenment, O oh God, broaden our understanding May we find new insights in your word this morning, a new relationship, a new understanding of you, O oh God, even in the name of Jesus. And we will say a big amen. 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 We bless God. We want to thank from our district pastor to our local presbytery for this chance to be in the presence of God, even to share in his word. Amen. So we are in December, the best month of all. I love December because of Christmas. You'll ask my husband, he'll tell you, I love Christmas. Everything about Christmas just makes me excited. And so this month 
It's the end of the year. God has brought us through so much, so much ups and downs, laughs and cries. But when we get to the end of the year, as we are closing out one year, there's still hope for the next year. We still have anticipation for the next year. Even in 2020, as horrible as 2020 was, on, in December, as we were looking forward to 2021, although we didn't know what was going to happen, because a lot happened in 2020, we still had hope. And so during this time of years, season of joy, hope, giving, receiving, one thing that stands out above all is Jesus and his birth. Amen. So the theme that uh, our district pastor has given for the month of December, it says, our greatest and dearest gift in Christ. Amen. So when we celebrate Christmas, what are we celebrating? We celebrate the fact that Jesus came to the world to save us. He looked on our world back then, 2,000 years ago, and even worse now. And he knew that our greatest need on earth wasn't more money. It wasn't health. It wasn't better schools. It wasn't, you know, better insurance, universal, global insurance, however you want to call it. Our greatest need was a savior. And that is what God gave unto us. So today we are going to discuss a message in the title, The Greatest Gift of All. Oh, you can say it, The Greatest Gift of All. Amen. So the main Bible verse that we are going to read, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 15, and I would like for us all to read this together. It says, thanks be to God. For his indescribable, that's 10%. One more time. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. So most often, when I read the Bible, because I'll say, as a young Christian back in Ghana, you know, the King James Version, this is, you know, many, many, many years ago. The King James Version was, you know, the version we all used, and then New King James Version. And when you were a hip Christian, you used NIV. Am I lie? And so whenever I read any verse, I like to, and now, thanks to God, there are so many other versions. So when I read any Bible verse, I like to see what the other versions say. Sometimes it gives a different uh, um, words, different meaning to the verse. So I looked at New King James Version, which is what we have here. And then I looked at the NIV. The NIV also says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. New Living Translation said, thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. English Standard Version says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. 
Then I looked at the Passion Translation, which is, you know, the hip version now. And it says, praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. Amen. So a gift which is far too great for words. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift was one other translation. Indescribable gift. Gift that is too wonderful for words. We've all received gifts. Have you ever received any gift that has caused you to say this? I'll give you a second to ponder. Husbands. <laughs> so what is a gift, you know? Let's go down to the basics. It's something that is given voluntarily without payment in return as a show of favor towards someone to honor an occasion or to make a gesture. So when you're giving a gift, you know, somebody didn't ask for it. But even in our, human, in our humanness, sometimes you give gifts based on merit based on what someone deserves, based on what they have done. Sometimes even when you want them to do a favor in return, you give them a gift so that they will say, well, you know, last Christmas, this lady gave me a shoe, so maybe this year I'll also give them a shoe or a bag, something in return. But the gift that we were given, we didn't even deserve. Like, we... Like nothing. It's like you come and you see your kid. And this kid has graffitied your wall with Sharpie that you can't wash off. And you're like, you know, because you are such a wonderful child, here is lollipop or something. Because, you know, for kids, that's a great gift. You know, something like that. When we didn't deserve, there was no merit. God gave us this gift. So in this time here of year when we are concerned with choosing gifts for the special people in my life. I'll come back to my question I asked again. Have you ever received a gift that is beyond description? A gift that is indescribable. I mean, I've received gifts, you know. My husband tries. Oh, where is he? He tries, I'll give him props, but I don't think we've gotten to that point yet where I have received any gift, maybe if he gives me a Tesla Model S, maybe. <laughs> but we haven't gotten to that point yet where I'll get a gift and I'm like speechless. I can't even say anything. We'll, we'll keep hope alive and see if he ever gets to that point. Amen. So, I was, I've been pondering over this all week, all week. Gift that is too wonderful for words. And as I was pondering over three things that came to mind. For a gift to be meaningful, there has to be three categories. There might be more, but this is just in my thinking, my mind's thinking. The who, the what, and the when. If you have your notebook, write that down. Who, what, and when. The who is the giver and the receiver, the two people involved. The what is the type of gift, its significance, what need is it meeting in your life? 
Then the when, it's not when as in time, but the season of your life, the situational time. The season of your life that the gift is given. So as I was thinking over, I'm like, now, and this is another example. A few years ago, I hadn't seen the Tesla that has, you know, the crouching tiger. You know, when it opens and it goes like that. I hadn't seen that before. We were in drop-off line, and then I'm dropping off Johnny, the car in front of me. It just goes, <gasps> and I'm like, oh my God, Jesus. And even I said it so loud, Johnny was like, what, mommy? I'm like, the car. So imagine if we gave Johnny, Johnny's daddy is so wonderful, that Johnny's daddy gives him a Tesla Model S with the crouching tiger. He won't appreciate it. If you gave him a smaller version, it would make so much sense to him because in his season of his life, he has zero appreciation for that car. In my season, it's different. So, you know, Christmas is coming. So, so the significance of the, the when and the what matters and also the who. If a stranger gave him even a toy car, it wouldn't have as much as if there was a relationship, the who, who is giving the gift. Amen. So the who, the what, and the when. So as I've been mulling this over and mulling this over and mulling this over, you know, gift, 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 what type of gift, what emotion it carries. Oh, Presidio, welcome back. You are buying me a Tesla. God bless you. We've decided. So, Paul, in 2 Corinthians 9, when you read that whole verse, he was talking to the Corinthian church about offerings and giftings uh, to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. So he was talking about human gifts, human gifts, human gifts. And then he pauses and he says this, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So he got to that point that as he was pondering over human gifts, his mind is drawn to the gift from God that was so wonderful, that was so great, that he couldn't even find the words to describe it. Now, as we have said the who, the what, the when, we are now going to go to the who of this indescribable gift the giver. God himself is the first giver. You know, in John 3, 16, we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave his only begotten son a very precious gift to us. So the father gave us his son. The son gave his life. So when we read, there's a giving from who? The giver, who has given us himself. Galatians 1, 4 says that, and I'll quickly read. I know I didn't give it to you guys, but I have that one here. Or if you can help me, oh, thank you. It says, who gave himself for our sins, that we, he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God, and, our God and Father, 
who gave himself. Also in Galatians 2.20, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved and gave himself for me. 1 Timothy 2.6 says, Who gave himself a ransom for all? to be testified in due time. Timothy 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own people, zealous for good work. Husbands, I'm on your case again. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So now, you know, this time of year when we're doing our best to give wonderful gifts, God's gift to us is Jesus. God the giver. Matthew 7, 11. We are going to read this one. Matthew 7, 11. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Luke eleven thirteen also says something very similar. I think Matthew and Luke were saying, giving the same account. So Luke eleven thirteen, we will read that one also. Thank you. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? So now look at detail. The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, James 1.17, I'm saying all of this so I can build a point. James 1.17, we will also read that one. It says, every good and Every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or no shadow of turning. And what that means is, and it took me a long time to understand that no shadow of turning, is that God will not be comsi comsa. As in, he won't say, I will give you this and then be like, Mwah! I changed my mind. Or he'll say, I'll give you 100%. And then five seconds later, he'll say, okay, let's make it 98%. What he says he will give, he will give. He does not, he did not hesitate to give Jesus, his son, for our sins. Therefore, there is nothing else he will not give unto us. That is why Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches. So he didn't say, but my God will supply some. Nor did he say, my God will supply the most important. Not even, my God will supply the most urgent, but it says he will supply 
all of my needs according to his riches. He is the great provider, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Now, when we look at Psalm 34, the verse number 10, and I know I didn't give you this, forgive me, I'll just read it from my end here. So, Psalm 34, the verse number 10, and if you can put, yes, it says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall lack, shall not lack any good thing. Oh, do I have a witness here? Because it looks like the message is not going the way that you are not receiving the message. It says, those that seek the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, shall lack, shall not lack any. It didn't say some. It says what? Any good thing. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. This will be a time that if you have a clap in your hands, you can clap and give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. He is our great provider. Matthew 6, 31 to 33 says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So whatever your need is, if it's physical need, my main of health, if it's spiritual, if it's financial, if it's relational, if it's mental, it does not matter. That is what Philippians says, that every need he will supply. Every need. And same thing, that all other things will be added. All we have to do is to seek first. In the Bible... How the Israelites gave God all the names of God that we know was through experience. So the Israelites will go through something, go through a season of hardship. God will provide, and so then he becomes Jehovah Jireh. They will find sickness. God will heal them, so then he becomes Jehovah Rapha. Sometimes in our present Christian times, we know all of these things, but for us to truly understand what Jehovah, my provider, Jehovah, my healer is, you have to experience it for yourself. And I mean, we know we all say it, we've been saying it, we've been singing it and all of this, but it wasn't, and this is a testimony my husband and I have, that it wasn't until we had to go through a season of hardship before we came to know God as Jehovah Rapha. During 2020, as I was saying, you know, we opened a practice, COVID happened, we shut down, zero patients, you have employees, no money. How are you going to pay your employees? You have rent, you have bills. To the point where we had to liquidate our 401k. 
And so season, and so you could say we're in a financial wilderness, you know, emotional wilderness, health wilderness because COVID. But during that time also, God had made a way. And this, I had gone back and done some research on Jehovah Jireh. So Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, is, that is just the surface meaning. The true meaning is the God who sees to it. And so, during that time, before all of this happened, my husband left his old hospital, went to a new hospital. Whilst he was leaving the old hospital, like, you know, you've worked hard, you've accumulated PTO, we're going to pay you the PTO whilst you're gone. Who does that? So, it was a season where zero money, we are putting our personal money into a business to pay, but then my husband had two full-time pay for the work of one, the God who sees to it. And it was so worked out so perfectly that when COVID eased, well, not COVID, the lockdown eased, when the money God had provided was running out, that is when the practice had also started to see patients. So that it wasn't any point where we were like, what are we going to do for rent? What are we going to do for food? And so now when you come and tell me, oh, God does not provide, because I have a personal experience, I can stand on that and say that, yes, he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. So in our present Christian walk, why, what hinders us from experiencing God is we have too many plans. Plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. When you come to your wilderness, when you come to the Red Sea and the Egyptians are following you and all you have is God, he will prove himself. But if you know that, oh, maybe there is another path that I can take, and God is not your only option, that is when we fail to experience God for who he is. So seek ye first the kingdom of God, and he will show and prove himself to you as the God you need him to be. God the giver. The next who is the receiver. And that's very simple, is you. That's it. You are the receiver. Wherever you are, in whatever state you are in, the gift is for you. Amen. So there is no requirement. There is no criteria. There is no bar to reach. There is no qualification. All you have to do is to come to him. Come to him in whatever state you are in. And that is why Jesus said, come unto me all who are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Back to what John 3.16 says. It says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And it says the requirement, whosoever believes. That is it. All you 
have to do is to come to the belief that Jesus is the son of God who came to die for our sins. If you believe in your heart and out of that abundance in your heart, you speak asking God to come into your life. That is it. Now you have become the receiver of the gift. Amen. Now, moving on to the what? What is the gift? The gift is Jesus Christ. You know, Isaiah 9 verse 6, and I think I want us to all read this together if you'll indulge me. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, the verse number 6. It says, for unto us, oh, read it like you're excited. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and the prince of peace amen so it says that unto unto me unto me the gift is for me the son was given for me he came to die for me amen so i am the reason that jesus came i am the reason that jesus came when isaiah prophesied this it took 700 years for it to be fulfilled it took a very long time so sometimes when god has made promises to you and you are waiting and you are waiting and you are waiting you're like no god why is it taking so long for these promises galatians 4 4 says but in the fullness of time when the time has come god sent forth his son made of woman made under law you can repeat it after me in the fullness of time so when you are waiting when you are waiting when you are waiting just understand that in your waiting god is preparing you for his gift can i get an amen in his time he makes all things beautiful the season comes when god has appointed it so to be able to appreciate and utilize the gift of god you have to be in the right season of your life for you to recognize and for you to maximize just as i said if we give johnny a tesla model s he will not appreciate it as much as i would because of the time or the season that i am in so we are not going to be living our life according to somebody else's timetable because in the fullness of time what God has said concerning your life that will come to pass can I get an amen all you have to do in the meantime is to seek God to grow in your relationship grow in understanding his word grow in listening to the Holy Spirit fellowship with the Holy Spirit so you can hear it and when that time comes God will show himself faithful. What I have learned is if God is making you wait for something, it means that you are still being prepared. When God is making you wait for something, it is not his way of depriving you, but it is his way of changing you. Delay equals development. Amen. When you are feeling like you are delayed, he is developing you. Amen. Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. The gift that is too wonderful for words, beyond description. Jesus came and offered us his life so that now we can call unto God and call him Abba, Father. Amen. So when Paul said that thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, he said this because of the nature of who God is or the nature of Jesus. Jesus is God in man. He is God, man at the same time. So God gave himself to us through Jesus so that every power that he has is now available unto us. Amen. The purpose of his coming was so that we would be reconciled. Now we can go back to God just as Adam was able to do in the Garden of Eden and fellowship with God. It was the grace by which the gift was given didn't require anything from us. And also the effect of the gift on us. We always say, um, um, I've heard a different man of God say that the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is not healing of the sick. The greatest miracle is not the blind seeing. The greatest miracle is the transformation of a sinner who comes to the saving knowledge of God, who is now translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so when you come unto the saving knowledge of God, when he is in your life as Lord and Savior, he transforms you so that now you are a new being. And that is the greatest gift. And so the indescribable gift is because of what it is, the purpose, the grace by which it was given, and its effect on us. Can I get an amen? So forgiveness of sins justification, sanctification, adoption into the family of God, the peace that passeth understanding. We now have a home which is heaven that we, when we die, as Paul said, that when we fall asleep in Christ, we know that we are now present with him in heaven. The gift of God accomplishes all these things and more for whoever believes. The when is the situation. It says, whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that is what makes it so amazing, is we don't have to do anything to be deserving in our helpless state. So let me draw your mind to the man at the pool of Bethesda, who had stayed there for 38 years without any help. And all it did was Jesus. One encounter with Jesus. So last week when Ife Grace came and she said that when we come to the presence of God, we cannot leave the same. Because when we come, we encounter Jesus. So our gift of salvation, our gift of a healer, our gift of a provider, our gift of a protector, our gift of a deliverer. He also is our sanctifier, 
our justifier. He is our prince of peace, our wonderful counselor. He is the almighty God. God with us, Emmanuel. If you have a praise, this will be the time to praise God for his wonderful gift. Praise him like you understand the significance of his coming. Hallelujah. In the interest of time, I'm going to wrap up. So as I wrap up, have you thanked God for his great salvation. If the gift is as great as the Bible says. As indescribable as Paul has put it. Have you acknowledged. In your hearts. As Paul pondered over this. To the point that he exclaimed thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for Jesus, in a sense. So when we are crying out and saying, thank you, God, I just want us to not do that in words alone, but we would also be expressed in action, in our deeds, so that we will not just receive Jesus and that will be it, but it would be manifested now in our lives. Just as when the shepherds in the wilderness, when the angels came and said, glory to God in the highest peace on earth, they didn't keep it to themselves. They went out and they said, have you heard the good news? There is born to us this day a king. We can also express our thanks by our service. And last time when Elder Ting uh, preached, he said, grace without works is crazy. So how are you expressing your thanks in your action, in the service of God, whether in his house here or elsewhere? How are you letting God know that you are appreciative of his indescribable gift? That's what I want us to ponder over. So if Jesus was born, then he was born because... He had to die. And he was born in the way he was born for a reason. As I was wondering, uh, if he was born in the palace, he wouldn't have been crucified. He had to be born lowly so that he could be crucified to bear our sins on the cross the way he did. So God gave us this gift all planned out all thought of just like he is jehovah jireh the god who sees to it so in the infinity before time began when he planned the redemption of man he planned that jesus would have to be born in a manger he would have to live a lowly life so that when he was crucified he as isaiah had said he was pierced you know for our transgressions he had to be, he had to go through all of that. So, an indescribable gift in whom we receive all things. We are going to appreciate this God. And today, even especially being the first Sunday of December, where we are recognizing, you know, he's born 
but also the end result of why he was born, his death, for the forgiveness of my sins. So I want you to rise up with me and just lift up your hands and just some words of appreciation. Appreciate the magnitude of this God, the gift that is Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord for his indescribable gift because if he had come in any other way, he wouldn't have been crucified but then he had to, he gave us his life so that now we can go into the throne of glory and call God Abba, Father. So just lift up a voice this morning and just say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this gift that I did not deserve. I want to thank you that you are my God. I want to thank you that you came, you were crucified, and you died for my sake. I want to thank you, oh God, that as Isaiah had said that he were pierced for my transgressions, that the chastisement of my peace was upon you, and that by your stripes I have received my healing. Just lift up a voice of thanksgiving. Just say, thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. There is nothing, oh God, that I can put into words, and so we will join Paul in saying thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank you Father. Thank you Father. We appreciate Emela.